And it is the last week of the regular season in fantasy. Not real life yet, though. Not real football, you know. Still going to come a few weeks there. Four more weeks, actually, now that there's 18 weeks. <clears throat> but in uh, terms of our league, three boys are officially eliminated from playoff contention. Uh, Sandy, Neller, Clark. However, we do not know who will be joining them in the toilet bowl yet. Um, according to Clark, I haven't really looked into it myself, but I'm going to trust his word here that uh, in a matchup this week between Legro and Rich, it's winner gets in. Or I think there was something else. Maybe he said someone has to, or if Rich wins, he has to outscore Legro by something in or Hmm. Not too sure. But regardless, we're going to find out who's going to fucking join the playoffs this week. Who's going to join the toilet bowl this week? And more so importantly, we're going to find out the playoff matchups after this week. And I think that's pretty intense. Um, next week, we'll do a playoff prediction. I'm not going to do it this week because I don't want to. I don't know who's in yet. But yeah. 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 two last week on my predictions um which games did i get wrong i believe i said knack was going to lose to trend and trends once again deuced the bed um i think the other one was uh, clark versus adam i think i said clark was going to uh win and i think he lost so overall in the season 46 and 32 not bad but Gotta keep some momentum. I want at least one six in a week. So this is pretty much my last chance at it. Unless, like, you know. Because I'm not going to be doing uh, toilet bowl predictions. No. Um, I will do the predictions for each playoff game that happens. And a playoff prediction, like, entirely. But, you know, if you're in the toilet bowl, we don't give a fuck about you. So it's just how it works. I've been there for the last two years, bro. No one give a fuck about me for, like, the last 700 plus days. So, feels good to... Be in the playoffs for a little bit. You know, as you know, I said, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. We're just coming in and, you know, taking a little peep how the playoffs work nowadays. It's been a couple of years, so we're just going to come in and do a little, you know, inspection. That's all it is. But anyway, into this week's predictions. Me versus Moose. Let's get right that. That's Moose. That's Moose. That's so easy, man. He's projected to win by like 100. It's going to be more than that, what he actually wins by. Um, ESPN's absolutely doing him fucking dirty. Like, I don't know how this guy is not projected to beat us by, like, 140, 150. That'd be more like it. You know, I hope I don't play him round one. I think there's a good chance that could happen, and I might get fucking plowed two weeks in a row. Jesus. Anyway, Furley versus Neller. Sorry, Furley. Some of these matchups going into late of the year were a real little easier to pick because, I mean, Neller's lineup is looking a little tough. Furley looks like he could have a little bit of an advantage. Furley's lineup actually looks real nice, too, to be honest with you. It's like, I love these receivers. Like, fuck. They look unreal. But, yeah, Furley, sorry. I'm picking you. Richards versus Legro. The big one. This is the game of the week. Everyone's going to be watching this one. Whoever wins is in unless, you know, there was something out there. Maybe someone has to outscore. But regardless... I think it's Rich who needs to outscore Legro. And I think if anybody's going to outscore someone in this game, it's going to be Rich. I mean, Legro's got some... I mean, yes, Pittman's an untimely buy for Rich, but, I mean, 
also on Legro's side, you know, like it's just not exactly a ideal situation, um, you know, to like win and get in. But it's pretty much like now if Pollard doesn't play this week, um, Joey Burrow, obviously with his pinky, we're going to keep an eye on that. Darren Waller is expected back, but you don't know. And I mean, Allen Robinson, you would obviously have to hope he comes back from this hammy and actually plays this week. Uh, would expect so. And Nico Collins in there. So, eh. Just because he's lost Ramondre Stevenson, Devontae Smith this week. Like, the, <laughs> that is fucking monumental loss. I don't know what to say. And obviously, Kenyon Drake going down with the season ending is not good either. It is just really bad timing for Legro. I think if there's any, I think like he actually is at risk of losing this, and by and I'm I once again don't know. I probably should have looked it up beforehand. I think there's a certain amount of points Rich has to outscore Legro by. Um, I think I could honestly just look at it right here. No, I don't think so. They're both six and seven, so that's just a complete burger. I don't know where I heard that. Anyway, I think that Rich has the upper hand. Giving it to Rich, I'm sorry, Legro. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not hoping for either or who to win, whoever best man win, but, you know, I'm definitely thinking about you. It would be a tough way to lose the season. But you know what? I ain't going to beat a man while he's down because I'm going to be with him, you know, eliminated from playoffs very soon. And um, it's just funny to go back and look at Legro's running backs at the draft. Do you, like, I can vividly remember, like, don't get me wrong, everybody will defend their team at the draft. Sometimes you'll look at your team and you'll be like, okay, what am I doing? I'm in round eight and I literally hate my team. Like, this, is, this isn't good. And you're keeping it to yourself on the low. But sometimes you're going to defend your team till the end of the earth, which, you know, respect. Legro literally defended his team to the end of the earth at that draft. Um, to be honest, you can't really fucking beat the guy up because it is his team. He obviously had opinions about everybody he had, but man, it is so funny, and I mean it, it is actually funny to go back and look and see how fucking bad it was, like, running backs-wise. And you know what's crazy? I actually just lost my fucking, I lost my mock draft from the uh, app, so I can't use it anymore. I remember I was filling it in as we went, and now it's just not there. I believe Clark posted the board. Yes, he did. This is not, like, this is K. This is terrible. I'm literally going to look at the board to rip Legro's draft in the middle of the prediction segment as I picked him to, no, this is not exactly the way I wanted to go about this. This is a terrible look on me right now. Oh, man. But here's the thing. It was only because I fully felt, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, uh, yes, yeah. Oh, dude. Okay, well, Legro's team. I mean, the quarterbacks have always been the same. Stafford and Burrow. Uh, wide receivers, Tyreek Hill, Allen Robinson, and an Odell Beckham. Cole Beasley, Jalen. Oh, my goodness. Um, Travis Kelsey. You know, and obviously, he trades him for Waller, so it works out. But the running backs, Ezekiel Elliott. Ronald Jones, Devin Singletary, Sony Michelle, Tony Pollard, like your third, your second best running back you literally drafted in round 12. Pollard's fully better than Rojo and fucking Singletary. Wow. You know, maybe it could be a um, lesson to learn for Legro going forward. That's enough time spent on that matchup. Jeez, sorry, man. I, I am truly sorry. I did not mean to beat you up like that. 
Next is Clark versus Ben. Hey, not to knock on Clark because you know what? I think he deserves a fucking damn round of applause. And I think he also said if it wasn't Legro and Rich playing each other this week, he would have had a chance to get in. But one of them are, you know, going to get in. And I think he had to have won last week too for that. I'm not too sure, but you got to give him credit. He fought till the very end and he really did turn that team around because I think earlier in the season, the team, to me, in my opinion, was looking a lot worse off. But I think, like, when he went out and made that deal for Judy, like, that was just, like, a real turning point, like, where I was like, okay, I might have just given this guy a little bit of a lifeline here because I just got repped so bad. But it didn't turn out to be, you know, Clarky, if you can get, well, regardless now with the new draft format for the lottery, um, the bottom four teams are automatically going to have a top four selection at any pick they want in the draft. So you would have to imagine, I would think, the picks one, six, twelve. I think those are three picks that will be gone. Right off the hop, I think that, you know, those three, like you have the back, the two, the one and the twelve are the ones so you can get those back-to-backs, and then six is the most even. And then you don't really know, I don't really know what the other one would be. Maybe someone wants two and they almost have a back-to-back type of thing. But, you know, I don't know. But regardless, I think that um, it ain't over for Clark in terms of, you know, his hope. Because there's always next year, brother. And I think that if he has some fucking options in, like, if you can land a late pick, keep Derrick Henry. Um, I think he also has other options, too. Like, I mean, to be honest, if you're going to be able to keep, uh, I mean, I figure I would keep Henry out of all his options, but Godwin, I'm pretty sure it was like round four, round five, I think, I don't know. So that might not be terrible. I'm pretty sure he went like right around before I wanted him. So like, yeah, that's solid. But yeah, and I mean, Leonard Fournette's another one too. You could even look at if the Bucks decide to keep him there. So I don't know. It's not over for Clarkey, but next year, I think he actually has to maybe get a little luckier because I've never seen someone lose two Henrys in that fucking span. That kind of like started this whole season turning into a shit show for him. But hey, I think Clark made the right trades when he had to make them to try and keep himself afloat. It was just a little bit too little too late kind of thing. But hey, gotta respect it. Hey, gotta love it. Hey, gotta do it. Hey. Next we got Truns versus Sandy. I will just say... um, Sandy got real boned this year as well, like real boned. Um, And I think that it can go without, like, obviously um, the bottom four teams are potentially all going to be boned. I mean, like, to an extent. I mean, Neller, Clark, and Sandy have all had their fair share of unluck this year, so it's not really knocks on any of them. They just didn't have the gods on their side this year. It's literally all it was. But I'm going to give this one the trunts. And then BG versus Knack, an old age rivalry. You would have to wonder, as Knack was saying earlier, he doesn't know if he wants to win or lose this game, and I don't really think anybody knows because I think that there's still going to be a lot of potential shakeups in the standings for playoff seating, um, depending with the games that happen this week. So I think it's still really hard to say, oh, I don't want to land here or land here. Like, hey, just go out there. Whatever happens, happens. If you're in the playoffs, you know that you're going to be in a battle round one regardless, probably. So... It's either going to be a battle in round one or an ass-raping in round one for the lower-tier teams in the playoffs, right? Like, you're either going to match up with a team that, you, like, you can potentially have a battle against, or you're going to match up with, like, Moose and Trends and, like, literally get bent over, like, to a point where you're screaming for help. You know? 
But uh, for this matchup, I think that uh, I'm just going to give it to Mac. You know, I think the kid's going to get a little bit of steam. Some, and I honestly like his lineup now. I think Kamara's coming back. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Kamara just lost his questionable. He was a full practice participant Wednesday. I didn't see that. Damn. That's fucking huge. And Kareem Hunt lost his questionable as well. See, that's awesome because I think that fucking truth be told gives himself a pretty damn good chance to win if he has fucking Chuba, Kareem Hunt, and Kamara. Um, Cooper Cup, Brandon Cooks, George Kittle. I mean, you know, and it's also like Daryl Williams still has some value. I didn't think he was going to, but um, he, he was still solid last week. So, I mean, um, yeah, it definitely remains something to be seen. But I'm going to say not Gwen this week. I'm going to say it. Wanna say it? Power rankings. Power rankings. Uh, I mean, you know, those bottom three have already obviously been put in. So, Neller, Sandy, Clark. I don't want to beat any of them up in particular order. Their seasons are over. I won't rank them. Um, but, you know, commending them on a great season. And, um, obviously they wouldn't agree, but... Still a fun season, and then the boys will have to grind next year. That's all it is. And I think that Neller has a decision to make because obviously Waddle is the clear-cut keeper choice, but how many times is Neller going to have his this chance to just be able to have Kyler for free right before the draft? Right? So, I don't know. I wouldn't even rule out him keeping Kyler. I wouldn't. But at number nine, we got Rich. And at number eight, we got Leg. And they're real neck and neck. Whoever wins is getting into these playoffs. Um, I think that uh, bye weeks and all excluded, maybe Legro's team has a bit of an edge, but it's too close, I think. And I think that um, at the same time, like running back-wise, I think it's just Rich's team is better. And his receivers are absolutely stacked. It's more so the flexes where it's like, well, they kind of fall off for both people, but... At least, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think I'm just going to have to be honest. I think I just cootered this one. So I'm going to have to, <laughs> Legro, this is the worst episode in the history for you. Because now you're getting flipped power rankings. Because I was looking at the lineups, but I guess I wasn't looking close enough. Because, I mean, even with your buys and stuff, I still think that, like, oh, nah, Ramondre. Oh, man, nah, you know what? I mean, they are neck and neck. So if you want to consider them um, oh, type of 1A, 1B type shit, go for it. But, like, they're close. But I think, honestly, Rich might even have an edge. And I might have done him a little dirty putting him at 9 instead of 8. But it's conjecture at this point. I don't really care. Love cock. Coming in at number 7 is the Cats. I mean, it's only because we've clinched somehow unless we get outscored by 300, which has happened before. The Cats have lost by 300. Um, he lost 450 to 150 at some one year, but so I wouldn't rule it out, but hey, I mean, I think we're pretty safe and we're just above the other two teams that are battling. So place at a seven easy staying put at number six is bruise. Not much to say there, but you know, I think that uh, overall Benny just has to try and keep, not keep the team healthy. He has no real power over that, but you know, as long as the team stays healthy, that he'll have a pretty good chance of at least making the semifinals. 
I mean, with his running backs and his, like, it's not even like his team is, like, you know, in the dumps at all. They don't really have many injuries they're dealing with right now, if any. So I think Benny is definitely a team that I think could make the semis. And you know what? If he gets a fucking shot in the semis, you never know. If he gets something happen for him in the semis, you could be looking at Bruce looking and going all the way, maybe. But at least to the finals. But I definitely think I could see Bruce winning on round one. Number five, we got Furley. Fell back a spot. But I think that it's all really just up in the air. I mean, he's kind of just hoping that he can get Melvin back, Chase Edmonds back, and to really get good performances out of Mahomes. Um, in the playoffs, he's going to need that. Like, what is this from Pat? Take, you obviously can't do that. But just to say for conjecture that, for just context, I guess you could say, that Mahomes has had 70 over. He's only hit over 60 points once, and it was that 75-point game where he just squeezed 406 yards out. If he had seven yes, less yards, he probably would have been another high 50-point game. When we're talking about Pat Mahomes and where you draft him in fantasy and everything, like this is just completely absurd, and you don't really would expect this, and I think it's kind of... Um, I wouldn't say it's going to hurt Pat in the future for fantasy, but he's not going to go QB1. He's not going to be like, like, you have to get this guy in terms of he's like a game winner like Lamar and Kyler. Like, those are the two I would rather have over Pat any day. Jalen Hurts, even. There's just a difference that the running makes. And teams will literally play like prunes against Mahomes. Um, he started the year off hot. One, two, three, four, five... Six performances in the first six weeks. Five out of those six weeks, he had over 50 points. And the one that he didn't, he had 45. So he was literally averaging about 50 points. And then we hit week seven, 26, 34, 20, 24, 25. I excluded the 75-point game because that's just Pat. But all those other games, man, that is not Pat. It's not what we're accustomed to seeing since he's been in the league. I think that kind of fucked Furley. I think that if Mahomes would have been like a, a clear-cut QB1 for this entire year, he would honestly have had a couple more wins than he does right now. Um, Pat literally kind of was a disappointment this season, I'd say. Fantasy season, at least. You never know. He can turn it on down the stretch here. But at number four, we got Knack. And I was saying, I like how Knack's team is starting to come around now. The boys are starting to get healthy, and they're getting healthy at the right time. He has Lamar Jackson. And if at any point down the stretch to end the season going into the playoffs, if Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt and Trey Lance takes over, the running upside with those quarterbacks could be something that helps Knack in the playoffs. Obviously, depends how Shani will call the game for Trey Lance if he gets that opportunity, but that's something that's always been in my head with the Niners quarterback situation, whoever has them. Because I do think Trey Lance is going to be in a position where not knocking his arm strength, his anything like that, he has real good arm real accurate I think it's more so like you know the game has to slow down for you when you're a rookie still and I don't think it has and I don't know if it will and if Trey Lance is in the game at all you know it's and that's why I think they'll start using their legs more so oh not bad Bryce Callahan's coming back from my arm I thought the guy's knee was in half hmm but yeah like I think it's just like Trey Lance could definitely help take this team to another level if he ever came in and took over but Hey, got to watch for it. Tyler Huntley's lurking on the bench, too. He's sniffing. And at number three is the highest record in the league with BG. Um, 
and you know you'd be higher but it's just more so the fact that trons and moose just have way too many more points and they're only a game or two back i mean you would obviously argue that trons is two games back so maybe but it's just the points for is a little too i don't know the exact word i'm looking for the difference is too large so three is brody at number two though trends is at number two now and i mean i wouldn't even say it's for this week i think he just kind of finally got a little dinged up but um we'll have to see what happens with antonio brown aj brown and i mean he i would as i said the other day he as you can tell i'm getting completely distracted right now um i have my door I'm recording. Fuck. I said Jonathan Taylor has his bye week, and obviously that's best case for trends because now that Jonathan Taylor has his bye week in a week that it doesn't matter, you can rest up and head right into playoffs at 100%. So that's obviously best case for trends with an already absolutely loaded team. I think that is just the number one team right now that's Moose. It's just too good. I don't know what else to say. As if Justin Jefferson didn't need any more of a boost in value, Thielen dies, and now Justin Jefferson is wide receiver to three in all of fantasy. Devontae Adams is four. And Marquise Brown has slipped a bit. He's 18, but doesn't matter because, I mean, if he played in most of the games and stuff, if he didn't miss any games. And when he, he's only had 17 and a half the last, you know, 10. He was hurt the one game, then 17, 17, but the target share has still been there, so it's nothing to really be worried about. A.J. Dillon and David Montgomery at flex. Mike Williams on the bench. You know what is crazy? This is hilarious, because as I was going earlier in the day, looking at the lineups and uh, certain matchups, trying to pick some well shits out, I'll just randomly pick some boys. There, I'll give away. There is a shit this week. And he was in Moose's lineup about 20 minutes ago or 30 minutes ago, and now he's no longer in there. But I'm still going to keep him in fucking well shit. But that's your power rankings, dude. That's all it is. Well, shit. The cats are here for a good time, but not a long time, as we've said. Oh, my God. Can you hear this? Can you hear this? I'm going to snap. You're going to scrap. Do you want to hear this right now? Hey, go yell out, like, you have to yell right outside my door. Can you relax? I'm recording a podcast. I don't care. You and I don't care that you're yelling. You actually, I do care. Back. Yeah, close that door. I'm fucking pissed now because I can't even talk to myself without being interrupted. That's how you know it's brutal. I'm talking to my fucking self and I'm still getting interrupted. How does that fucking make sense? Where was I? Well, shit. As I was saying, the, the cats, man, you know, they're, they're going to just come in, check out round one, how everything's doing, and then they're going to have to just dip. You know, they're going to have to go down the consolation ladder or whatever the hell it's got. I mean, that's just brutal to make the playoffs knowing you're just there for a week and then you got to pack up your shit and go. It's just too much. Last week, I said Dallas Goddard would do well. He definitely did. I also said Josh Reynolds would do well. Hey, Josh Reynolds did pretty well. I said Cortland Sutton was going over 28. Pretty sure he had three and a half or seven. So I don't know what the fuck's going on there, man. I blame Teddy. I blame Teddy. Sorry, I'm taking the fucking easy way out. Scoic scapegoat quarterback taking it. For shits, I said Daryl Williams. Daryl Williams had 29. He played good. 
but I just said Mike Glenn was going to be shit. That's an easy one. And I said Kadarius Tony was going to be shit out of spite because I was upset that Moose would rather Kadarius Tony over what I offered him for expert head. And then Kadarius Tony did not end up playing because of the curse that I put on him. So yeah, not a bad week overall, but this week, my first well is Taylor Heineke playing against the division rival Cowboys. They tend to be a team that I think, like, if a game like this can go in any sort of way, if Dallas is winning, if, you know, Dallas is to a point where maybe they are losing this game and it's close, I think that there's a lot of ways that Taylor Heineke can stay active in this game and that he's not going to be really put into a position where they're just going to have to run the clock out and just continuously run the clock out. So I think that Taylor Heineke can have a good game. Whether it'll be garbage time, whether I don't know. But something's telling me that kid's going to have a good game. So, that's what I'm saying. I'm sticking with it. I don't give a fuck. He's the first name that came in my head this morning. Next, we got Jamal Williams. I'm not expecting DeAndre Swift to be there this weekend again. Hopefully not. Rest up, kid. We need you next week. But, um, Jamal Williams should have his way. I mean, Denver is a run D that is hit or miss. But I think that Jamal Williams is going to have a day. I just don't believe in Denver. Denver's a shit team. Denver can literally go and compete against a decent team like Dallas and go blow them out the water, and then they'll go fucking just lose to Detroit or something. Detroit's going to get two wins in a row or some shit. And last, of course, I decided to drop K.J. Osborne on the one week Adam Thielen got hurt. I was hanging on to K.J. Osborne for over a month. Uh, he was irrelevant in the passing attack. It came to a point where I was like, ah, you know what? Like, I, I need to fill the lineup. If Thielen hasn't been hurt, and I mean, like, if he does get hurt this week, whatever. And then, of course, literally third down, first third down of the game, Adam Thielen's ankle is hanging by a threat, and K.J. Osborne ends up coming in. Every- Can't make this shit up. I probably could have went into that game without a kicker or a defensive slash special team. Whatever I needed, but... I had to drop K.J. Osborne, and it costed us dearly. Dearly. Stupid, stupid, stupid. And I was trying to trade him to fucking Moose as some Justin Jefferson insurance. Little did I know I would need it for myself as Adam Thielen insurance, which is why I was holding on to him. And then I came to a point where I was like, you know what? I'm just going to have to roll the dice because I don't have any more room for this guy. And then, of course, whatever, fuck it. K.J. Osborne's going off this week. It only makes sense that that would happen to the Cats. Shit, Cole Beasley. Yeah, because I played Cole Beasley, unvaccinated little fucking piece of shit. Okay, that was harsh. I'm sorry, Cole. I respect your beliefs. Or whatever you want to call them. But I will say this. I don't respect the fact that I played you over Tyler Boyd for whatever reason. I thought Chargers, Bengals would be a close game and maybe it'd be all T. Higgins and Jamar. And just, you know, I just, I don't know, even though I just didn't, it was real. Uh, it was a coin flip. Um... And I'm not going to lie, I like having players on Monday night. I like when I have players on Monday night and my opponent doesn't have anyone on Monday night. Kind of puts them, I don't know, I like having that. I prefer having the guys on Monday night opposed to having my opponent have everyone on Monday night. You know what I mean? Um, so that kind of played a bit into, because it was just so close. I was like, I'd rather have Beasley Monday night. Hopefully he can steal us the game. And it just fucking blew up in my face. Tyler Boyd scored 10 times more points. He had like 38 or 35 and Beasley had three and a half. So like, what am I doing here? Of course I'm going to say Beasley's doing shit. I hate him. I don't hate him. I'm sorry, Cole. Fuck, I'm just being rude. 
My next shit is Allen Robinson. I think with the season on the line, it's going to prove to Legro how terrible of a pick it really was. He's either not going to play, or he's going to play and just do complete fucking piss cat. Give you a nice seven points or something. Three and a half. That's the piss cat flex. And last, he's no longer in Moose's lineup, but Mike Williams. I think that it was just going to be one of those Mikey Williams dud weeks, and I guess you could say Moose feels the same way, apparently. That's how she goes, though. It's been a real regular season, ladies and gentlemen. This is obviously the wrap-up to the regular season for the show. Uh, Next Wednesday, when we, or... You know, when anybody is listening to me, I will be talking about the fantasy playoffs, which is crazy. I can't believe we're here. And I can't believe I get to watch the cats get bent in round one. Just literally, it's like you ever see like that, like that Simpsons, um, that Simpsons meme where the, where Homer's dad walks in to the fucking room or like the building and he takes his hat off, puts it on like little hanger. Turns around, grabs the hat again, puts it on, and walks out. That's literally what the cats are doing in the playoffs in Tennessee this year. Make no mistake about it. We might not even have enough time to, like, by the time we land, to, like, book a hotel and shit and get all comfy before the fucking game's over and we're already getting ran out of town. And right on cue, there's the dog. So that's going to wrap it up. I made it 14 weeks in a row, you got to admit. Maybe even more, considering the draft episode and stuff. That is damn impressive. So we got to close out strong and, you know, about, what, three episodes left? Three or four? So, uh, see if I can make it without fucking losing and getting all depressed. Uh, somehow the Cats made it. We thought our season was over last week. It wasn't. But, obviously, Rich versus Legro this week is the big game everybody's going to be having their eyes on to see who's getting flushed down the toilet, and who is pretty much making their way out the toilet, I guess. Don't really know what kind of metaphor I could use from that. Maybe like water splashing against your ass cheek after you take a dump. But I'm done. See you later.